0: Well, once again, here we are on the podcast, listeners. We have the opportunity today to sit down with a South African legend who's played over 634 games professionally in the South African circuit, scored 58 goals, uh, played for some of the giants in South Africa in regards to Durban City, Amazulu, and Keja Chiefs. Also not just played, but managed at some of the biggest teams in South Africa. Mamelodi Sundowns on two occasions, and Amazula as well. We are fortunate today to have what with us, Mr. Neil Tovey. Mr. Neil Tovey, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, It's not every day that we get to talk to a legend, um, and and, and I don't use the word loosely, uh, but we want to very quickly just get into it. It's over 25 years that uh, the African Nations Cup 96 winning team celebrated that momentous moment and i'm sure you've been asked many times about the <laughs> achievements of that team but i don't know if you could just take us back because we are supporters we are never in the change room we are never in the hotel the days before the game what was the build-up like for that momentous game
1: yeah first game i just say um it's a sad time that it's been 25 years ago and, and we haven't won it since but uh you know, that maybe also we did not realise at the time the magnitude of, of our victory. You know, you thought, okay, we quite newbies into international football, and success comes within the first four years. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a huge achievement. And obviously, as you say, 25 years later, that's only when we realise uh, how really difficult it is and was to to win their trophy. Coming to within the team dynamics, yeah, you know we were we were very fortunate that we had a number of good characters, and we had you know a complete team and, and squad. And it's not about the eleven players that go onto the field. It's never is, as you know. It's it's about uh, off the field how we can we can gel together, build the spirit up together. Um, uh, you know uh, how we train. We train like we played. It was very, very intense. In fact, hugely intense. And I suppose that because you've got to realise that players are trying to to get into the team, into the starting eleven, uh, and and the other guys trying to stay in the starting eleven. So whilst it always looked like a cut and dried uh, starting eleven bar one or two, it never quite was that 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 sort of easy come, easy go for, for the players that were part of that starting eleven, And uh, we had to keep our wits above us, about us, with regards to, uh, to keeping our performances of, of the caliber that, that we knew we could. The dynamics of the team, a lot of leaders, a lot of good, good individuals uh, all round. Uh, the, probably what was our best dynamic that we had, we had guys we had tall guys short guys quick guys quick thinking guys all that you need in the makeup of, of, of a very very successful team and guys that could if and when it wasn't quite going according to plan could then adjust the game plan and, and do it on the field and not just look to uh, the dynamics of the, the coaching staff to to try given instruction we we were able to think on our feet and i think that's one of the the biggest attributes i think that team had that we had a lot of players that could change the game at any given time
2: neil it's it's been a long time since i've seen you maybe 10 years i've got older you still look amazing i want to know the secrets to your um to your um you know fountain of youth um but um, so deceiving eh? <laughs> maybe there's a filter on zoom right um but um but Neil, um, jokes aside, it's great to see you. The last time I interviewed you, you were on the sidelines of, uh, of Amazulu, uh, doing a great job as the coach. And I was at Inu, so it's been a long time. So it's good to see yeah, you, good. even though we're miles away. Um, but one of the things when we look at the AFCON success in 96 and, you know, South Africa, when we came out of apartheid, it had so many highlights. You had the cricket thing, team doing great things on the field. You had the 95 um, Rugby World Cup winners but I would argue the team of the people was the 1996 AFCON winners. There was a team that was uh, demographically very well represented of South Africa, on merit, performing on the field. Um, And you had a team that was loved by the people, and you had Nelson Mandela giving you his blessings everywhere you went. It was a little unfair who you played. What was it like having the 12th man and maybe Madiba's Magic being the 13th man for that tournament? Yeah, you need uh, those kind of,
1: uh, what can I say, help, (laughs) help uh, in every single way, yeah, you know, the momentum, we were a team that was starting to gain momentum just prior to the tournament, it wasn't just in the tournament, we we had played our Four Nations tournament, won that, played against Argentina, drew against Argentina, you know, (laughs) which is no mean feat, Uh, drew with Germany 0-0, so we were gaining momentum already, uh, but hadn't really totally captured, uh, as you said, the, the the every South African's sort of uh, uh, vision, or, or, or hadn't captured their their, uh, their thought process about the team, and and then getting to know the team by the nicknames and you know the as as household names, and uh, and what that 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 uh, sort of what was it? Six weeks, four to six weeks uh, period. That, that was was enormous for the country. We we knew what, and I was at the rugby cup final uh, when they won, and saw what that did for for the nation. But then, as you said, it was only, what did I say? Five percent, ten percent of the real real feeling of of the country, you know, and and that alone was 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 enormous and a goodwill. Goodwill at a, at a very ni- uh, 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 timing was 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 excellent, <clears throat> and we felt ourselves that we could even lift it more. Um, as you said, once uh, the, the the tournament got started and the momentum gained, then everybody in the country set up. If you're a farmer in the Northern Karoo, they were they were knowing about Bafana Bafana, and and and
2: that's how it worked. and uh, You know, Neil was Neil, even in Peter Maritzburg, they knew about (laughs) Bafana Bafana, and they know nothing, they know nothing, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so this is the Durban Maritzburg thing I tell you about again now. uh, Oh,
1: yeah, okay, (laughs) right on the outskirts of Peter Maritzburg, yeah, sure. But the (laughs) Madiba factor, the Madiba factor was, was a huge factor, you know. Um, at any given time, you'd give me a call. Uh, have a chat with me where he, where he could not visit the camp or visit one of our, uh, attend one of our games. He, he would give me a call most mornings uh, during the week, just
2: just to chat and ask. What did, what did he, he say to you, Neil? I mean, this is like the greatest statesman arguably that's ever lived, certainly in South Africa. And you're getting phone calls from him. I want to know what he's telling you. Yeah, look, I mean, he, he was always down to earth. You know, whenever you
1: you spoke to him, it, it wasn't always about, the sudden sub- subject of football. I mean, he would ask me, you know, how's the family and how's things going first and soften it up, how's the team, uh, as a team, you know, uh, don't put pressure on ourselves and, you know, just, just relax and do what we're good at and, and, and enjoy the, the, the momentum that, that it was creating for the country. And he was ever so thankful for, because he obviously, you know, he was in his early days of, of democracy. And um, he was ever so thankful for, for this this kind of support and help that uh, that the government were getting from from the sporting codes. And he always reiterated, you know, that, that sport was always the the the, uh, the his ability to ignite uh, the, the 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 whole aspect about getting people to to love one another and to accept one another and to see one another as not enemy. Uh, and, and he was always, always so, so grateful for that. And then obviously got on to the subject of the football, you know, <clears throat> if there was moments in the game and you know, shoes ability and docs ability and yeah, just, just chat normally. And, but always, you know, uh, always there to chat, always, always there to chat.
0: Neil, I want to I wanna come back. You mentioned a bit earlier about big moments. Um, the semi-final against Ghana. I think it was the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Rodeba comes back in after a cruciate ligament injury to play against, at that time, one of the most feared strikers in England, the, the gargantuan Tony Yeboah, who was hitting yeah. goals left, right and centre. And not just goals, outstanding world-class goals. Yeah. Uh, the nation was fearful of Lucas coming back from this injury, partnering yourself in defence. And then you guys go and put a display like that in that game. Honestly, shoes being world-class. What can you remember about that game specifically? Yeah, look, I
1: mean, at that stage, we we felt that it was probably going to be our cup final um, in a sense that... They were top top uh, opposition. As you, I mean, you spoke about Tony Naboa. You know, they had Betty Pele. Although, thankfully, he he was out for that match. You know, and they had a lot, a lot of top players with great ability to hurt us. And and, but as you say, fortunately, you know, we had to we had to weather weather the storm, uh, the opening storm, because we knew that they're going to come at us. And, and uh, Lucas did that with with utmost uh, dedication, and, and because you know when you got rivalry on the training field back home in England, the last thing you, when you want to go back to your club and for your is for Tony to say, "Hey, we, we beat you," you know. So the bragging rights were so so important. And uh, so, but as you say, from a display, it was complete. Um, it was one or two jittery moments, I think, in the first. 10, 12 uh, 12 minutes but other than that when we after we scored the first goal we were in total sort of control of where we wanted to be uh, in that match and nullifying their 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 dangers from from the left side of defense coming and overlapping which was which was important that we shifted the dock across to the right hand side so that uh, they, they, their left back would concentrate merely on dock and forget about going forward. So there was a number of little small issues that that we that we tinkered with uh, in our game plan, and then obviously the goals were brilliant. I mean, uh, the one that hurt them the most was Sean uh, Sean's volley just after half time, and I think that sort of then we knew we were all set on the game. But uh, I mean, then there was I mean shoes's goal, uh, uh, you know. Uh, unbelievable. And I also must, before I forget, I must also just pay tribute to uh, our, our fallen guys. You know, Sezwe, uh, Shoes, and and Philemon, You know, you know, uh, we've lost three three real, real good friends and players of the highest caliber. And uh, so, it wouldn't be fitting if I didn't remember them uh, whenever I talk about
0: uh, our triumph. True legends of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And the success of the national team at that time was built on their spines, if I could use that term, uh, real, real influential players who went on not only to play well in, in South Africa, but went into Europe, mm-hmm. Turkey, Bari, uh, mm-hmm. S- uh, Spain, you know, I can still remember Cesar Mdawung man-marking Ronaldo at the time, who was the child genius of the world and mm-hmm. out mocking a whole game. So, yes, you, we can never forget these legends.
2: Neil, I presume you know what Netflix is? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I was speaking to Lucas Khadeva, and I said, why haven't we made a documentary for Netflix on the 1996 team? One, mm-hmm. your journey was incredible. Two, you guys are all charismatic characters. Yeah. Three, we have to honor people while they are living, not yeah. when they're gone. <laughs> and this is an opportunity to do that. And if, I was able to get that netflix documentary for you what are one of the untold stories you'd be able to share on that what is an anecdote um, that we might not know it might be a superstitious moment in the change room or in camp it might be a moment where yeah i can i
1: can tell you a story that that i had with cloud barker i've got a long history back with cloud um where we he's a very very superstitious coach not that he relies on it but he he's the guy that that will if we want to match then you won't change the clothing you you know you wear the same clothing for for the next match you, you know you wouldn't deviate from it and so you try to keep a routine that was going so leading into the first match against cameroon uh, in the tournament we we had our we had our um uh, pre-match well, uh, breakfast that morning coming into the into the pre-match and um and club had this uncanny knack of riding on his chair like like he was a school kid you know sitting back and riding on the chair and and he was next to me and and i said no club you can't act like a school kid and you know you're the coach of the team and you know tokenly and, and, and said, you're the coach of the team, and you know, he says, Neil, man, it's just nerves, it's just nerves, so I said, okay, well, we'll have to sort out your nerves, you know, and I picked up a spoon, and I hit him on his binax, <laughs> so obviously he cringed, and, and then um, <laughs> and the history is, is then told that we won 3-0, you know, so now, Cloud being one of, of extreme uh, routine and and didn't like ways to change. Came against Angola. He did the same thing. He came down and just, I don't think whether he thought about it or whatever, sat next to me and still talking. And a couple of minutes later, he rode on the back of his chair again. And I let him have it again with the spoon. You are cruel. <laughs> and uh, he was cringing and that. So now he picked pick up six points against um. And, and 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 qualified for the group stage now. So I don't know if his thinking was that oh, you're not going to catch me again uh, against Egypt. And and as you know, we lost to Egypt. So so he had to bite the bullet for the next couple of games where I hit, his, I hit his balls harder and the balls became bluer and bluer and bluer <laughs> So but he accepted it for, for the pain for the gain, for uh, no pain for the for the gainer, uh,
2: yeah. You know. Brilliant, brilliant. I think, honestly, if there was ever anybody who captured um, a documentary on that, I think it would be fascinating. Yeah. Just for people in the country, but around the world, because it was such an interesting time where we were in South Africa in that moment. i probably, in Claude's age now, I'll probably kill him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, listen. But... You Know, uh, just moving on, and you, you've spoken about history, expectation, uh, success. Let's look at our current Bafana setup at the moment, Neil. What is, in your opinion, the problem that we are falling so far off being successful on a similar level?
1: I think you, tipped it, you touched on it a little bit early, earlier, where you mentioned all those players playing in Serie A. Um. You know, this, uh, this, the Spanish League, the English Premiership, you know, we had a number of players playing overseas in top leagues, top teams and blindly trade, even if it was in in in, in Sweden, Norway, wherever, uh, in the States, in in the Championship, if you can term it that, in, in, in England as well. Um, and you can't take away that Competition level that they were that they were achieving week in, week out, uh, given the fact that I believe also the competition level now in a Premiership here local was also higher then. Um, you know, uh, I just it just uh, that's so the competitiveness and for up now players are are earning loads and loads of money here locally. And, and rightly so. I'm not saying that, that it's not right to do that. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's good. It's good where the game's gone like that. But I think there's that comfort zone where they are now content just to, to sit back and earn the money and not work as hard as I maybe should do to improve their game uh, continuously. And you just have to see the likes of uh, Percy Tower, how he's improved as a player uh, by his move overseas. And there's a load more that should be overseas, that, and some that do get overseas, but are back, are back in a flash, you know, and not trying to ride out the difficulty of of it overseas.
0: Well, the, the profounder conundrum continues. Um, we hope with the new coach coming in that we start to, to see different elements of success um, but i did see that you were involved with Safa in 2020 on a technical level is that what you are still cut are you still involved with them or are you still involved in that setup
1: no uh, i was contracted them to them for five years as a technical director from 2015 to 2020 june and uh, i fulfilled that role um uh, and then obviously COVID came and then so uh, we were at home my contract was over and and you know i've been traveling for a long time in my life and i felt that uh, i'd done enough um organization is going through challenging times uh, caused by COVID and by other factors outside factors in terms of getting sponsorship and 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 stuff like that, so the programs that I had set up uh, uh, in 2018 and or 2018-2019 and 1920 uh, for the technical directors to be placed in, in each province, which I had done, and then that was disbanded. Uh, so you know, those those were crucial elements to say that look. You know, uh, if I do something, I do it correctly, I do it properly. And I don't think SAFA, in my eyes, could have maintained the level of where we wanted to go. It was just ticking over, just starting nicely. Um, yes, a lot of people would say that this wasn't done, that wasn't done. They didn't really know the background behind it, where the platforms that we had set up in all the different areas. Um, CAF were going through also challenging times with their coaching licences um, where they wanted to get it uniform throughout the continent and not some countries uh, doing an A licence in 30 days like ourselves and some other countries doing it in 10 days and so, so they went through th- those processes and they were busy with those processes but it was taking time for the change but I think it, it will come for the better, eventually streamlining it, putting it on, on one database. So that'll come, so, but there was, it was being delayed and delayed, so, but anyway, it wasn't because of the hardships there, it was just, I felt that it was now time to come back to Durban and uh, I've been traveling f- 40 odd years every single week, week in, week out. And I thought it was time now just to come back and have a sabbatical. You know?
2: Hi, Neil. When you look at Kaiser Chiefs, I mean, this is arguably the most powerful football brand on the African continent. You see yeah. people wearing jerseys all over the world, um, similarly to Al-Akhli, another great brand, Zamalek from um, from Egypt. And I look at the way that we've seen some of the top clubs run around the world, and the Mutongs are obviously synonymous with, with Kaiser Chiefs. Um, do you think that the current leadership model that Kaiser Chiefs have in place is in line with perhaps with some of the best clubs and how they're run on the continent and around the world? Is that family structure behind it still the best way to go? Or would it be better maybe having a more distanced approach and having other people make the, the football decisions?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a catch-22 situation where the family really, really loves the, the brand, loves the team. It's, it's been made by the their father and, 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 and namely Kaza has put in years and years and years of hard work to get it where it is. And as you say, it's a hell of a brand. It's a beautiful brand. Um, coming back to your your question, I think that football should be left to football people if i can call it i'm not saying that that there's no football people no i just think there's technical issues and there's the brand and there's the the um the other areas which are which chiefs leaves every other team in south africa really wanting you know they they are the best They they set up their training facilities, their their, their club uh, support base. So they have a wonderful, wonderful area uh, uh, of opportunity in all aspects because of the brand. I just think, and it's, I think it's told a story and I wouldn't be saying anything out of tune. And I'm not saying it in a derogatory uh, way. the results of the last six years have said it for themselves. You know, I think a freshen up of technical surroundings is needed for for Chiefs to to now gain momentum again, you know, and get the support where it's needed because if you get that Chiefs juggernaut back on track, winning games week in, week out, just, whew, where can that Club B, I mean, it's up there with the Manchester City's, the Man United's, the Liverpool's, the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's in terms of, 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 a, of a club nature, you know? And is rivaled by no one in, in South Africa. Absolutely no one, even Sundowns. Sundowns have got a lot to learn uh, with regards to, to Chiefs and, and how they've done things. Although Patrice has really, really given them the momentum And giving them ability to to progress technically and that that might be an opportunity to see where you look at the two different models where Patrice has definitely got his his technical areas uh, spot on with the support systems and the technical areas and I think that's if anything that's where Chiefs uh, needs as well but there's definitely a role for the whole family because they are passionate they are loving they love the brand they love the club it just needs to be done in the right percentages
0: so i've got a chief's jersey number 20 as neil would know the freeze family number 20. so i wore to training the one day at my over 45s uh, team that i trained with and,
1: 20
0: uh, years ago. <laughs> well said, Neil, you know the man's laughing. And uh, one of the guys says to me, because I'm here in Essex, one of the guys says to me, Oh, so you also follow the band the Kaiser Chiefs? Honestly, I had to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, Mate, before it was a band, it was a team. Oh, I've never heard of them. <laughs> Get an education, son. <laughs> I
2: that. That was embarrassed.
0: You started singing. <laughs> I was just embarrassed, I tell you. Sorry, Zach, go ahead. No,
2: no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, Neil, we, we spoke to Matthew Booth on this podcast um, earlier this year. And um, one of the things he was saying to us was that Sundowns really started to achieve success on the field when they left Pizzo Mosimane to start to make the decisions where Patrice became more hands-off and empowered his, his coaches, empowered his technical team. And you know the dynasty speaks for itself of, of, of what they've built. Um, if you were given the dream job of um, looking after Kaiser Chiefs and making those decisions and bringing in your own, you know, director, football coaches, um, etc., if I gave you that role, who would you br- who would you bring in? Who would you look to? Would it be international? Would it be local? Um, would it be a combination? I'm, I'm interested to see how you would think about building it and maybe if you don't want to name names you can name the type of skill sets you'd be looking for. Yeah, I think I think they started that and I think they've realized that. So what I was talking about a little bit earlier, they
1: brought in, uh, brought in Malifi Seki as, as the so-called technical director of the club um, uh, So I'm sure Malifi will, will look at all those different aspects of and one of them has got to be their scouting, the scouting network uh, you know, before Chiefs from the whole, all over the country and you think, where did he come from? And, and that's just from word of mouth in the different areas. And suddenly that, that player was at chief and said, like, jeez, where did he come from? And he becomes a star. So I think there's one area where, where Sundowns have been so, so effective. Is they have got guys in all the in all the regions and and and, and, and provinces that are looking at players constantly in an, every single weekend and and getting reference and not just looking at them once or twice. They they spend a lot of money in that scouting regime. And I think you can use a lot of the ex-chiefs players to do that, because then the players, Kaiser Chiefs player will will know what type of player. Is, is required and needed, you know, and, and that'll also help with the, with, with the legends of Chiefs, you know, so that's one area that I believe can, can really, really get them through, because I think it's difficult to say, well, oh, you need another assistant coach or this or whatever, because those areas, they've got, they've got good people. Undoubtedly, now, it comes down to the player. Which player are they recruiting? How are they recruiting? So that for that for me would be the biggest change I would implement in in chiefs. Uh, Their the, the junior setup is very 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 good, although I would then get a lot of those coaches, take them overseas to other other clubs. Man City have a wonderful youth uh, youth um, uh, setup. You know, just not only from the setup, but how they do their their coaches, the coaching situation, Um, and a lot of those clubs overseas, and and you know, and 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 see how they do it, and what skills they are now adding to it. Although, as you say, Man United, uh, Man City are 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 very big buyers, but they still have those uh, the the young youngsters coming through every now and again. So. They've got a wonderful setup, which you'll see a lot more youngsters coming
2: through in the future. One last question from me, uh, Neil, and I'm sure Courtney will come in. Uh, But I noticed you said nobody rivals Kaiser Chiefs. You referenced Sundowns. You didn't mention the other um, Soweto Giants. Um, Do you think the Orlando Pirates brand is one that is probably second to Chiefs? Or do you think Sundowns have surpassed them now?
1: Yeah, they are. Um, Obviously, Pirates is a huge brand, you know. I was talking a lot in the case from a technical perspective as well. And I think Pirates have to do the same what Chiefs are doing. Because Sundowns is leaving Pirates and Chiefs standing in terms of their, their technical performance you know, on the field. And, and, and I think that's, that's... Both those clubs have to say, okay, let's look back and say, why aren't we, we winning more trophies uh, why is Sundowns winning all the trophies? And and because, obviously, the brands are surpass, surpass Sundowns brand by leaps and bounds, both of them do. So, yeah, it's uh, the technical performance. And once you get the technical performance, then that even makes your brand even grow uh, exponentially. Neil, I've just... Uh, my question
0: just actually comes off something you said a bit earlier. You said in management, um, this is what I would be doing. This is how I would be empowering the team at the moment. Um, I, just, I just feel that then you become a loss, especially to a team like Chiefs that needs this direction. Now, you have mentioned a bit about management. Are you not looking to go back into it? Or, or are you thinking you're going to take a sabbatical and then give it a go a bit later on? What are your thoughts, may I ask?
1: Well, at this moment, um, I'm enjoying the, the, the laugh I have at the moment. Uh, you, you can never say I'm going to be lost to, to football. Um, uh, I have spoken to, to Amazulu, because obviously I live in Durban. Uh, and what Kaza Chiefs have done with their village uh, and their technical centre I would love to do for for Amazulu and they've shown interest so at this moment I'm just waiting for them to come back to me if they're serious enough with it because if I'm not going to do it I'm going to do it properly I'm not going to have any second measures so uh, it would be really nice to consult to Amazulu uh, in that regard of acquiring premises putting offices there putting the the fields, you know, getting the fields set up with the gymnasium, with the um, with the change room, with, with with all that goes with a technical centre, high performance technical centre, from physio rooms, doctors rooms, swimming pools, gymnasiums, um, indoor facilities, and then having their having six-year-olds playing the leagues uh, under the Amazulu banner, you know. 6, 8, 10, 12 different age groups playing, wanting to to play for the senior team. So that whole makeshift of high performance, uh, I, I, I'd love to do for them on a consulting basis. So that's where I would probably gear around to at this moment, because I I learned a lot as a technical director. So, you know, with FIFA and, 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 and CAF, so uh, I sort of feel I'm in that sort of looking, and um, I'm in that top.
0: Just, um, and and something that, as we know as Natalians, the the lure of uh, the Joburg teams, and we can't lose our talent. So I think that setup and where you'd like to go would really be beneficial because we start to keep our local talent in the province, which then strengthens our current teams like uh, Amazulu, the Golden Arrows, that they are to be better. So I really hope you get the go-ahead with that. Well, Mr. Neil Tovey, we just want to say thank you very much today for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, With your patience, your time, your memories that you shared during your legendary career, we are just very, very grateful. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes, Thank you, Neil. Thank you.